And we are back. This is Alexander Juan Antonio Cortez, and this is my podcast, The Art of Health. So, I've returned people. I've had a bit of a sabbatical from podcasting uh, recently. And uh, I originally had planned back in December to try to set a very overly ambitious goal of doing a podcast a day. And that didn't end up happening, just for reason being that I was... Well, when I was transitioning from, you know, leaving my job to, you know, working, you know, for myself, working online, you know, starting my own, you know, business of sorts, um, but also just general life got in the way, and that probably sounds like an excuse uh, to peep to many of you, but you know, the reality is, is that everything that we set out to do, we can't always do on the timetable that we want to do, and the podcast every day was just one of those things. Um, luckily, luckily now I have a bit of a studio set up where I'm living, it's quiet, I got peace of mind, peace of time, so now we can get this going. So, subject at hand for today, aptitudes over passions. Aptitudes over passions. What are we talking about when I say aptitude over passion? An aptitude, as I define it, is something that you are naturally good at. So a natural skill. You could call this a natural inclination. Now, you may not believe in being naturally skilled, or this may be a new concept to you, maybe. But the reality is that due to largely just your genetics and your family history, the reality is that you have skills that you probably found that you are naturally good at. And they may be hard skills. So they could be something, let's say, like, uh, you know, math, science, drawing, uh, you know, let's say this mathematics in general. Those could be skills that you're good at. It could be physical skills. It could be that you are a very good runner. Uh, you can run very far. You can be a very fast runner. You may have an excellent memory for images. You may have an excellent memory for what you read. You may be a very fast reader. You may be somebody that's naturally inclined to teach. You love to teach. It just It's who you are. Your skills, your aptitudes are natural inclinations that are very much part of your personality. And they're not necessarily things that you are passionate about. They're simply things that you are, as we said, naturally good at. They're things that you are good at. Now, the mythology that if you're listening to this in the last and you're if you're listening to this and you're between your twenties and forties, the mythology within the business world, within the world of education in the last two decades, has been that passion trumps everything. That if you're passionate about something You should do it. If you want to be great at something, you have to have passion for it. If you want to change the world, it requires passion. If you want to have a job, it requires passion. Super hyper-successful billionaire people, they are who they are. They are where they are because of passion. This is a myth. This is a myth, and like all mythologies, it has a kernel of truth to it. It does. Passion, when when you are doing something and it is making you money, and it has made you successful, it's easy to be passionate about it. When you are doing something and it has yet to make you or return to you anything, maybe your passion will not be as great as you think it might be. Now, this perhaps does beg the question, well, if you're saying that passion isn't important, then do I just do things I don't like to do? Do I not care about passion? No, I'm not advising that you do something that you hate. But the reality is, the greater reality, 
the reality of the world is that for 99% of people, we are not going to love everything that we do. We're not going to love our profession. We're not going to love our job or jobs. But if we like them enough, we can be good at them. And if we become good enough at them, we'll probably like them just that much more. So when I say aptitudes are worth more than passions, your aptitudes are your natural inclinations. They are the skills beyond the skills. They are the skills before the professions. They are the things that will get you into a position of making money, of supporting yourself, and of, practically speaking, being able, perhaps, to pursue a passion because you have the means and the skill set to do so. Finding your aptitude is objective. Finding your aptitudes are objective. This isn't hard. You know, I, I get these questions very often on the periscopes I do or on Twitter or just through emails of, hey, man, hey, Alexander, hi, Alexander. Um, I know this is a lot to lay on you or ask, but I'm 21, 25, 26, 31, 32, 39, you know, any variety of ages, and I don't know how to find what my passion is. And I do this, but I don't really like what I do. I'd rather be doing something with this. And what should I do? And this is where I really have to back people up. Again, this requires, you have to be objective with this. Remove your emotion from it. If passion paid the bills, if passion was so purposefully taught to you to be so important and that it pays the bills, passion pays the bills, let's go with that for a second. Let's believe that. Let's believe that passion pays the bills. Why, oh why, do so many people have questions of, I don't know how to make passion pay my bills and I don't know what my passion is. If passion paid the bills so efficiently, why are so many people so confused about, one, how to find what they're passionate about, but two, having found it, it does nothing for them? How does that work? It doesn't. It's a myth. It's a, Like I said, there's a kernel of truth to it, but it's largely false. Passion doesn't pay the bills. Skills pay the bills. Creating value pays the bills. If you're passionate about the value you create, wonderful. That's great. Good for you. But you cannot proceed. You cannot embark on something and set out that I will create no value. I will have no real skill set. I will do nothing for anybody. I will contribute nothing to the world at large. But somehow, I'm going to support myself with this. Passion cannot precede value. Passion cannot precede skill set. So, you know, these things said, you know, what is it that, or really, what is the filter? What is the manner of thinking that we can use to find our aptitudes? And that's what, that's what we're talking about. We're talking about how do we find our aptitudes then? You know, I'm telling you that passion doesn't pay the bills, that aptitudes are more important than passion. How do you find your aptitudes? You know, this finding this is simple. This is a series of questions. This is just this is the scientific method. This is observation and inference. Um, you know, to, to read some off. You know, they're simple. Like I said at the beginning of the podcast, are you good with numbers, people? If you're good with numbers and you get math, I guarantee you there are lots of professions that are open to you. Might be financial, might be engineering, you know, might be some combination thereof, might be you know medical. But if you are good at math, if you excel at math, that's an aptitude that can take you very far in the world. Um, let's, let's say you're not good at math. Or let's say you are good at math, but other things. Can you write well? 
Writing is content writing. Writing is copywriting. Everything in the world that you read requires copywriting. Writing is script writing. Writing is writing books. Writing is writing textbooks. You know, writing is being able to write legal documents. Writing can make you, you know, good at law. Writing, writing can make you really good at almost any profession because you can take someone's words and put them to paper. You can take your own words and put them to paper. You can read something, generally speaking. Writers are usually good readers. You can read something and draw inferences, conclusions, and learn from it. Writing is a major skill. Any job that you ever set out to do in almost any field, if you can write well, you will go farther in that profession than someone that does not write well. So writing is an aptitude that we can cultivate towards something. And can you teach? Teaching is in high demand. You know, and we live in a world of technology. We live in a world of speed and efficiency and innovation. But we also live in a world where people have gotten very bad at face-to-face, one-on-one, person-to-person you know, -person interaction. If you can teach and teach well, and teaching is speaking. If you can teach and teach well, if you can speak and speak well and speak with authority, there's probably going to be a niche for yourself that you can carve out that will to get back to you know the end point, pay your bills. Now what about natural sciences? Sciences are huge. Sciences are you know where innovation is made in medicine and in and biotechnology and in you know improving human health. Are you good at sciences? Are you good at chemistry? Are you good at biology? You know, don't just think, oh well I can get a biology degree. What are you going to do with that degree? Think of a way to add value to the world at large. Think of a way to help people. Think of a way to create solutions. If you're good at the sciences, there's a pathway to do that. Yeah, I mean, maybe you're good at none of those things. Maybe you're artistic. Maybe you just like to draw. Maybe you like to sculpt. Maybe you like to paint. Yeah, there are ways to parlay those skills. The intersection of arts and technology is very big right now. Um, you know, to give an example, I just I just saw a, I guess you'd say, I don't know if it was Google, but I saw a technological device that allows for 3D painting. You know, it's, a, it's a combination of Virtual reality and you know sort of these, this I guess you'd say like virtual reality you know art, you know artistry and you can paint within this virtual reality and that has huge implications for being able to create physical or you know digital physical models of buildings of architecture or of engineering of just art in general you know that has you know uses in behavioral therapy that has uses in cognitive therapy yeah, that has this plethora of uses and it's artistic it's artistic in nature. So if you're an artist, yeah, there is a path for you too, if that's your aptitudes. What else? What about mechanical problems? Are you good with your hands? Can you use tools? You know, there's a lot of things today that can't be fully automated just because it requires human decision making. You know, fixing cars is an easy example. But so is engineering. So is environmental engineering. So is civil engineering. You know, so is like you know, let's say uh you know, like you know, nanotech you know, microengineering, you know, nanotech engineering. There's all these areas that require human ability to observe, connect, synthesize, analyze, and then design. If you're good with tools, if you're good at designing, if you're good at putting things together, you can probably take that aptitude and put it towards something. And maybe, you know, maybe you're not good at any of these things, but maybe you're really good with people. Maybe you're good at persuading people to do things. You're a natural salesman. People look up to you. You like to organize people. You like to get people to work on stuff. You could be a very good manager. Management, every every business in the world requires managers. Every business in the world requires people to get people to work together. And generally speaking, managers are not very good or excellent at any one thing, but their skill set in getting people to work together on something, they can take these excellencies, these you know, different aptitudes these other people have, and they can put them together and they can produce something. 
they can organize something. They can connect all the pieces together and look at the whole board and put them on the play. If you like people, you like to organize, you like to make the trains run, maybe you have to, you know, maybe you have a future in management. And you, you can see, hopefully in listening to this, or really you can, you know, you can listen and understand, I'm not giving specific jobs. I'm giving general professions or general domains of, you know, pro profession and practice where you can take your aptitudes and you can apply them and you can have skills, you know, or skills, plural, that pay your bills. You can create success out of your aptitudes. This is the filter. This is the paradigm that, if you're listening to this, I want you to view your future with, or not even not your future. I want you to view your vision of success with. What can your aptitudes, if, if you develop your aptitudes, what can you create for yourself with them? This isn't about just picking a job. You know, this is thinking long term. Show me something that you're skilled at that most people are not skilled at. If you've got a lot of different skill sets, how can you package them in such ways to, one, make yourself appealing, but two, get really, 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 really excellent at something. You have both the sale of yourself, then you have whether you can actually deliver. You need both of those things. You know, and aptitudes fall into both those realms. If you have an aptitude of, you know, it's a hard skill, even aptitude of the soft skill of selling, you can probably create business for yourself, whatever the business you're in may be. You know, to use myself as an example, since I, I could give you know popular examples of people, but let's I'll, I'll use myself because uh, you know, hopefully you guys have some sort of relationship that you felt you know, that you feel having you know, having he heard me speak, having you know hopefully read what I write, and I'm at a stage where I'm still building you know my vision of success. So I can you know, I can tell you things I'm doing that are working, and you know and things that I probably need to do that you know to help you know what I'm doing work better. You know my my strengths and my weaknesses. But, you know, my, my particular talent stack, skill stack, what do I have? Well, I can write well. I'm not an amazing writer. Um, you know, off the top of my head, Ed Latmore is a guy that I really look up to as a writer. He's a great writer. Ed is a phenomenal writer. I'm a good writer. I'm not a great writer. But I can write well. I can write better than most people. So that's, that's a skill. As Scott Adams said, you know, often says, you don't have to be the best at something. You just have to be good enough at it that other people can use it. So I can write well. I can write very fast. So in the last you know, 24 hours, I've written about 2,000 words just on the website that I published. I can write very, very fast. That's a skill. That's a definite skill. Most people cannot produce content at that pace. And the content is all pretty good. It's not all wonderful. It's not excellent. But it's good enough that people find value in it. So I can write well. I can write fast. I can speak well. I'm talking to you right now. One-on-one. -on -one. You know, I'm, I'm talking to you as if you were right in front of me. Now, there may be 100 of you that end up listening to this. There may be 1,000. There may be just 10 but I'm talking to you like we are facing each other, like we're looking at each other eye to eye, and I'm trying to help you. Like I can speak well face to face. You know, I enjoy public speaking, so not only can I speak well, but I can publicly speak. I don't have you know a fear about doing this podcast. I've been wanting to do this for a long time. I don't have a fear of standing up in front of a crowd and speaking. And that's a skill. That's something that you know, I'm not amazing at, it, but... Most people are afraid to speak publicly, are afraid to have their voice heard. I enjoy the experience. So that's that's an asset. Other skills, yeah, I have a very good memory. Memory is a skill. Memory is actually very, memory is very trainable. Memory can be improved, but naturally, I have a good memory. I could probably do a, a podcast post about how to improve memory. But naturally, I have a very good memory, and I've improved over the years, this through training, and that's a skill set. 
Uh, I can read fast. Reading is a skill, and I, re I retain a very high percentage of what I read. So I could, I could tie that in with memory. I, you know, I could link those two together, having good memory, being a good reader, being able to re remember in general. But I can read, I, can, I retain what I read, and that allows me to you know, go through lots of information. It allows me to share that value with other people, like the guy, all of you listening to this right now. That's a skill. And then you know, all that put together equals I'm a fast learner. It, I know how to learn things. I can learn things quickly and start applying them, and then in an application, I make mistakes, and I can change them, I can fix those mistakes or begin working on them. And if I you know, add all those things up, those make me a very good teacher. My strength is in person more than anywhere else, but regardless of the, the medium, I can teach pretty well. And most people that, you know, I guess I want to say most people, but in general, most people don't think about their ability to teach. And if you are a good teacher, it allows you to be better understood by people, allows you to grow more of an audience. So in listening to this podcast right now, if you're finding value in this, I'm trying to teach you as you're listening to this. I'm trying to teach you. I'm trying to give you value. I'm trying to give you solutions. I'm trying to help you ask yourself the right kinds of questions. I'm teaching. And we're having a conversation, but it's something where, you know, learning is happening. You know, I'm learning how to do this better, literally in the moment as, I, as I'm talking. You know, thinking about what I should, you know, would like to say or should say or what will be helpful to you. And you're learning something as well. That's teaching. So all that put together, that's allowed me to grow an audience, have people you know, listen to my podcast. It's gotten my email list up to close to 2,000 people in the last two months. It's allowed me to you know, quit my job and write full-time and then write for you guys full-time. And there was a lot of build-up to that. That took about eight years. And all the skills I just told you, being able to teach, write, read, uh, speak, learn, those are all things that were developed over a period of time. But they started as aptitudes. They started things that I was already naturally inclined at, and I just kept taking them further and further along. So, you know, those applied skill sets, that, that, those are what gave me the edge to excel. Not, they're not what guaranteed my success, since I'm, I'm not where I want to be right now, but they gave me the, the tools and they gave me the weapons I needed to excel. They, you know, they provide me with my critical edge. So what are your critical edges? What are your aptitudes? Those are questions you're going to have to ask yourself. But, you know, provided if you put in the time and the work on them, and you're willing to improve, you're willing to learn, you will get better. You know, if you get good enough at it, if you get good enough at anything, you'll usually end up really enjoying it. I'm not going to say that you'll love it. I'm not going to say that you'll be absolutely passionate about it. But you'll enjoy it enough to keep doing it. And... You know, perhaps you know the secret to passion almost in a way, when you start providing value to other people and you can see that you're improving other people's lives and you yourself are being taken care of, passion will come out of that. You know, generally speaking, people, whether no matter how whether they are selfish or altruistic, human beings like to make other people happy, and we like to be made happy in the process of that. So it's a it's a feedback loop. If I'm making myself happy, I'm making you happy, it's you know, almost a near certainty that I'm going to keep doing whatever it is that I'm doing. It's almost a near certainty that you will keep doing whatever it is what you are doing. So if creating that value, creating those solutions, if helping those people makes you feel good about it and makes them feel good about it, you'll probably be passionate about it. But not because you chased passion, but because you developed your aptitudes, because you created skill sets. So I will end that there, or maybe that, you know, somewhere in that is the secret to success. You know, don't try to be successful. Don't try to be passionate. Just try to be good at something. 
be great. And then perhaps at the end, you can you know, then talk about you know, whether you had found passionate or not. So I'll end it there, guys. Good luck to all of you. Go get good at something, and I'll talk to you all again.